Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and The Last Olympian, Chapter 10. Chapter 10. I buy some new friends. Mrs. O'Leary was the only one happy about sleeping it, about the sleeping city. We found her picking at an overturned hot dog stand while the owner was curled up on the sidewalk, st- sucking his thumb. Argus was waiting for us with his hundred eyes wide open. He didn't say anything. He never does. I guess that's because he supposedly has an eyeball on his tongue, but his face made him clear he was freaking out. I told him what we'd learned on Olympus and how the gods would be riding to the rescue, would not be riding to the rescue. Argus rolled his eyes in disgust, which looked pretty psychedelic since it made his whole body swirl. You better go back to camp, I told him. Guard it as best as you can. He pointed at me and raised his eyebrow quizzically. I'm staying, I said. Argus nodded like this answer satisfied him. He looked at Annabeth and drew his circle in the air with his finger. Yes, Annabeth agreed. I think it's time. For what? I asked. Argus rummaged around in the back of his van. He brought out a bronze shield and passed it to Annabeth. It looked pretty much... Standard H- issue, but the same kind of the same kind of round shield we always used in capture the flag. But when Annabeth set it on the ground, the reflection on the polished metal changed from sky and buildings to the Statue of Liberty, which wasn't anywhere close to us. Whoa, I said, a video shield? One of Daedalus's ideas, Annabeth said. I had Beckendorf make this before. She glanced at Selena. Um, anyway, the shield bends sunlight or moonlight from anywhere in the world to create a reflection. You can literally see any target under the sun or moon, as long as natural light is touching it. Look! We crowded un- we crowded around as Annabeth concentrated. She- the image zoomed in and spun at first, so I got motion sickness just watching it. Well, we were in Central Park Zoo, the zooming- then, zooming down East 16th, past Bloomingdale's, then turned on 3rd Avenue. Whoa! Connor still said, said, back up, zoom in right there. What? Annabeth su- said nervously. You see invaders? No, right there. Dylan's candy bar. Connor grinned at his brother. Dude, it's open, and everyone is asleep. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Connor! Katie Gardner scowled. She sounded like her mother, Demeter. This is serious, and you're not going to loot a candy store in the middle of a war. Connor, sorry, Connor muttered, but he didn't sound very ashamed. Annabeth passed her hand in front of the shield, and another scene popped up. FDR Drive, looking across the river at Lighthouse Park. This will let us see what's going on across the city, she said. Thank you, Argus. Hopefully, we'll see you back at camp. Someday. Argus grunted. He gave me a look that clearly meant, Good luck. You'll need it. Then climbed into his van. He and two and the two harpy drivers swivered away, weaving around clusters of idle cars that littered the road. I whistled for Mrs. O'Leary, and she came bounding over. Hey, girl, I said. You remember Grover, the satyr we met in the park? Woof! I hope that meant, sure I do, and not, do you have more hot dogs? 
I need you to find him, I said. Make sure he's still awake. You're gonna, we're gonna need his help. You got that? Find Grover. Mrs. O'Leary gave me a sloppy wet kiss, which seemed kind of unnecessary. Then she raced off north. Pollux crouched next to a sleeping policeman. I don't get it. Why didn't we fall asleep too? Why just the mortals? It's a huge spell, Selena Bordegard said. The bigger the spell, the easier it is to resist. If you want to sleep millions of mortals, you got to cast a very thin layer of magic. Sleeping demigods is much harder. I stared at her. Why did you learn so much about magic? Selena blushed. I don't spend all my time in my wardrobe. Percy, Annabeth called. She was still looking at the shield. You'd better see this. The bronze image showed Long Island Sound near La Gardena. A fleet of a dozen speedboats raced through the dark waters towards Manhattan. Each boat was packed with demigods of full Greek armor. At the back of the lead boat, a purple banner emblazoned, emblazoned with a black scythe flapped in the night wind. I had never seen that design before, but it wasn't hard to figure out. The battle flag of Kronos. Scan the perimeter of the island, I said. Quick. Annabeth shifted the scene south to the harbor. A Staten Island ferry was plowing through the waves near Ellis Island. The deck was crowded with drachne and a whole pack of hellhounds. Swimming in front of the ship was a pot of marine mammals. At first, I thought they were dolphins. Then I saw their dog-like faces and, they, and their swords strapped to their waists, and I realized they were telekines. The scene shifted again, the Jersey Shore, right at the entrance of the Lincoln Tunnel. A hundred assorted monsters were marching past the lanes of stopped traffic. Giants with clubs, rogue cyclopses, a few fire-spreading dragons, and just to rub it in, a World War II-era Sherman tank pushing cars out of its way as it rumbled into the tunnel. What's happening with the mortals outside of Manhattan, I said. Is the whole state asleep? And Beth frowned. I don't think so, but it's strange. As far as I can tell from these pictures, Manhattan is totally asleep. Then there's like a 50-mile radius around the island where it's running really, really slow. The time. The closer you get to Manhattan, the slower it is. She showed me another scene. New Jersey Highway. It was Saturday evening, so the traffic wasn't as bad as it might have been on a weekday. The drivers looked awake, but the cars were moving at about a one mile per hour. Birds flew overhead in slow motion. Kronos, I said. He's slowing time. Heck, it might, he might might be helping, Kitty Gardner said. Look at the cars veering away from the Manhattan exits, like they're getting a subconscious message to turn back. I don't know. Annabeth sounded really frustrated. She hated not knowing. But somehow, they've surrounded Manhattan in layers of magic. The outside world might not even realize something is wrong. Any mortals coming towards Manhattan will slow down so much they won't know what's happening. Like flies in amber, Jake Mason muttered. Amber, Annabeth nodded. We shouldn't exec- expect any help coming in. I turned to my friends. They looked stunned and scared, and I couldn't blame them. The shield had shown us at least 300 enemies on the way. There were 40 of us, and we were alone. All right, I said. We're going to hold Manhattan. Selena tugged at her armor. Um, Percy, Manhattan's huge. We are going to hold it, I said. We have to. He's right, Annabeth said. The gods of the winds should keep Kronos' forces away by air, so he'll try a ground assault. We have to cut off the entrances to the island. They have boats, Michael Yu pointed out. 
An electric tingle went down my back. Suddenly, I understood Athena's advice. Remember the rivers. Remember the rivers. I'll take care of the boats, I said. Michael, you frown. Michael frowned. How? Just leave it to me, I said. We need to guard the bridges and tunnels. Let's assume we'll try a midtown or downtown assault, at least on their first try. That would be the most direct way to the Empire State Building. Michael, take the Apollo's cabin to the Williamsburg Bridge. Katie, Demeter's cabin to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Grow thorn bushes and poison ivy in the tunnel. Do whatever you have to, but keep them out of there. Connor, take half of the Hermes cabin and cover the Manhattan Bridge. Travis, you take the other half and cover the Brooklyn. And no stopping for looting or pillaging. Aww, the whole Hermes cabin complained. Selena, take the Aphrodite crew to the Queen's Midtown Tunnel. Oh my gods, one of the sisters said. Fifth Avenue is so on our way. We could accessorize and monsters, like, totally hate the smell of Givenchy. No delays, I said. Well, the perfume thing, if you think that'll work. Six Aphrodite's girls kissed me on the cheek in excitement. All right, enough. I closed my eyes, tried to think what, what I'd forgotten. The hole in tunnel. Jay, take the Hephaestus cabin there. Use Greek fire, set traps, whatever you've got. He grinned. Gladly. We've got a score to settle. For Beckendorf! The whole cabin roared in approval. The fifth the ninth Street Bridge, I said. Clarice. I faltered. Clarice wasn't here. The whole Ares cabin, cursed them, was sitting back at camp. We'll take that, Annabeth stepped in, saving me from an embarrassing silence. She turned to her siblings. Malcolm, take Athena cabin and activate plan 23 along the way, just like I showed you. Hold that position. You got it. I'll go with Percy, she said. Then we'll join you, or we'll go wherever we're needed. Somebody in the back of the group said, No detours, you two. There were some gig giggles, but I decided to let it pass. All right, I said. Keep in touch with cell phones. You don't have cell phones, Selena protested. I reached down, picked up a snoring lady's blackberry, and tossed it to Selena. Now you do. You all know Annabeth's number, right? If you need us, pick up a random phone and call us. Once it, it use, once use it once, drop it, then borrow another one if you have to. That should make it harder for the monsters to zero in on you. Everyone grinned like they liked this idea. Travis cleared his throat. Uh, if we find a really nice phone, no, you can't keep it. I said, "Oh man, hold it, Percy." Jake Mason said. You forgot the Lincoln's tunnel. I bit back a curse. He was right. A Sherman tank and a hundred monsters were marching through that tunnel right now, and I positioned our forces everywhere else. Then a girl's voice called across the street. How about you leave that to us? I'd never to be been happier to hear anyone in my life. A band of thirty adolescent girls crossed Fifth Avenue. They wore white shirts, silver camouflage pants, and a combat boots. They all had swords on their sides, quivers in their backs, and bows at their ready. The, a pack of white timber wolves miled around their feet, and many of the girls had hunting falcons on their arms. The girl that led had spiky black hair and a black leather jacket. She wore a silver circlet on her head like a princess tiara, which didn't match her skull earrings or her death or... Death to Barbie t-shirt showing a little Barbie doll with an arrow through its head. Thalia! Annabeth cried. The daughter of Zeus grinned. The hundreds, 
of Artemis reporting for duty. There were huge hugs and greetings all around, or at least Thalia was friendly. The other hunters didn't like being around camp campers, especially boys, but they didn't shoot any of us, which for them was a pretty warm welcome. Where have you been the last year? I asked Thalia. You got like twice as many hunters now, she laughed. Long, long story. I bet my adventures were more dangerous than yours, Jackson. Complete lie, I said. We'll see, she promised. After this is over, you, me, and Annabeth, cheeseburgers and fries at the that hotel on West 56th. Le Parker Meridine, I said. You're on. And Thalia? Thanks. She shrugged. Those monsters know, won't know what hit them. Hunters, move on. She slapped her silver bracelet and... The shield Aegis spiraled into full form. The golden head of Medusa, mold, molded in the center, was so horrible that all the campers backed away. The hunters took off, took down, took off down the avenue, followed by their wolves and falcons. And I had a feeling the Lincoln Tunnel would be safe for now. Thank the gods, Anbeth said. But if we don't blockade the rivers from those boats guarding the bridges and tunnels, we'll be pointless. You're right. I said. I looked at the campers, all of them grim and determined. I tried not to feel like this was the last time I'd see them all together. You're the greatest hero heroes of this millennium, I told them. Doesn't matter how many monsters come at you. Fight bravely, and we will win. I raised Riptide and shouted, For Olympus! They shouted in response, and our forty voices echoed off the buildings of Midtown. For a moment, it sounded... Brave, but it died down quickly in the silence of ten million sleeping New Yorkers. Annabeth and I would have uh, had our pick of cars, but they were all wedged in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. None of the engines were running, which was weird. It seemed the drivers had had time to turn off the ignition before they got too sleepy. Or maybe Morpheus had the power to put engines to sleep as well. Most of the drivers had apparently tried to pull out to the curb, curb as they felt themselves passing out. But still, the streets were clogged to navigate. Finally, we found an unconscious carrier leaning against a brick wall, still straddling his red Vespa. We dragged him off the scooter and laid him on the sidewalk. Sorry, dude, I said. With any luck, I'll be able to bring the scooter back. If I didn't, it would hardly matter, because the city would be destroyed. I drove with Annabeth behind me, holding onto my waist. We zigzagged down Broadway, with our engine buzzing through the eerie calm. The only sounds were occasional cell phones ringing, like they... like they calling out to uh, each other, as if New York had turned into a giant electronic Avery. Our progress was slow. Ever so, every so often, we'd come across pedestrians and fall asleep in, right in front of a car, and we'd just move them just to be safe. Once, we stopped to extinguish a pretzel vendor's cart who had been caught on fire. A few minutes later, we'd had to rescue a baby carriage that was rolling aimlessly down the street. Turned out there was no baby in it, just somebody's sleeping poodle. Go figure. We parked it safely in the doorway and kept riding. We were passing Madison Square Park when Annabeth said, Pull over. I stopped in the middle of East 23rd. Annabeth jumped off and ran towards the park. By the time I caught up with her, she was staring at a bronze statue on a red marble pedestal. 
He probably passed it a million times, but never really looked at it. The dude was sitting in a chair with his legs crossed. He wore an old-fashioned suit, Abraham Lincoln style, with a bow tie and long coat tails and stuff. A bunch of bronze books were piled under his chair. He held a writing quill in one hand and a big metal sheet of parchment in the other. Why do we care about... I squinted on the name on the pedestal. William H. Stewart. Seward. Annabeth corrected. He was a New York governor. Minor demigod. Son of Hebe, I think. But that's not important. It's the same... It's the statue I care about. She climbed on a park bench and examined the base of the statue. Don't tell me he's an automaton, I said. Annabeth smiles. Turns out most of the statues in cities are... In the cities are... Automatons. Daedalus planted them here just in case he needed an army. To attack Olympus or defend it? She shrugged. Either one. That was plan 23. He could activate one statue and would start activating its brethren all over the city until there was an army. It's dangerous, though. You know how unpredictable automatrons are. Uh-huh, I said. We've had our share of bad experiences with them. You seriously thinking about activating it? I have Daedalus's notes, she said. I think I can. Ah, uh, here we go. She pressed the tip of Seward's boot, and the statue sh- stood up, its quill and paper ready. What's he gonna do? He muttered. I muttered. Take a memo? Shh, Annabeth said. Hello, William. Bill, I suggested. Bill, oh, shut up, Annabeth told me. Statue tilted its head, looking at us with blank metal eyes. Annabeth cleared her throat. Hello, er, Governor Seward. Command sequence. Deadless 23. Defend Manhattan. Begin activation. Seward jumped off his pedestal. He hit the ground so hard, his shoes cracked the sidewalk. Then he went clocking off towards the east. He's probably gonna... He's probably going to wake up Confucius, Annabeth guessed. What? I said. Alindra's statue on division. The point is, they'll keep waking each other up until they're all activated. And then... Hopefully they defend Manhattan. And they know we're not the enemy? I think so. That's reassuring. That about all the bronze statues in the parks, plazas, and buildings of New York. There had to be hundreds, maybe thousands. Then a ball of green light exploded in the evening sky. Greek fire somewhere over the East River. We have to hurry, I said. And we ran for the Vespa. We pulled over outside Battery Park. At the lower tip of Manhattan where the Hudson and East River came together and emptied into the bay. Wait here, I told Annabeth. Percy, you shouldn't go alone. Well, unless you can breathe underwater. She sighed. You're so annoying sometimes. Like when I'm right? Trust me, I'll be fine. I've got to cure the curse of Achilles now. I'm all invincible and stuff. Annabeth didn't look convinced. Just be careful. I don't want anything happening to you. I mean, because we need you for the battle? <laughs> I grinned. Back in a flash. I clambered down, and the shoreline watered into the water. Just for you non-sea god types out there, don't go swimming in the New York Harbor. And it may not be as filthy as it was in my mom's day, but that water was probably make you grow a third eye or have a mutant child when you grow up. I dived into the murk and sank to the bottom, tried to find the spot where the two rivers' currents seemed equal where they met the form of the bay. I figured that was the best place to get their attention. Hey! I shouted in my best underwater underwater voice. The sound echoed in the darkness. 
I heard you guys are so polluted you're embarrassed to show your faces. Is that true? The cold current rippled through the bay, current churning up plums of garbage and silt. I heard the East River is more toxic, I continued, but Hudson smells worse. Or is it the other way around? The water shimmered. Something powerful and angry was watching me now. I could sense its presence. Or maybe two presences. I was afraid I'd miscalculated with the insults. What if they just blasted me without showing themselves? And these were New York River gods. I figured their instincts would be to get in my face. Sure enough, two giant forms appeared in front of me. As they were just dark brown columns of silt, denser than the water around them. Then they grew legs, arms, and scowling faces. The creature on the left looked disturbingly like a telekine. His face was wolfish. His body was vaguely like the a seal's, sleek black, and a flipper, flipper hands and feet. His eyes glowed radiation green. The dude on the right was more humanoid. He was dressed in rags and seaweed, with a chainmail coat made of bottle caps and old plastic six-pack six holders. His face was blotchy with algae, and his beard was overgrown. His deep blue eyes burned with anger. The seal, who had, had to be the god of the East River, said, Are you trying to get yourself killed, kid, or are you just extra stupid? The bearded spirit of the Hudson scoffed, You're the expert on stupid East. Watch it, Hudson, East growled. Stay on your side of the island and mind your business. Or what, you're throwing, you're gonna throw another garbage bag at me? They floated towards each other, ready to fight. Hold it, I yelled. We've got a bigger problem. The kid's right, East snarled. Let's both kill him, then we fight each other. Sounds good, Hudson said. Before he could protest, a thousand scraps of garbage surged off, off the bottom and flew straight at me from both directions. Broken glass, rocks, cans, tires... I was expecting it, though. The water in front of me thickened into a shield. The breeze bounced off harmlessly. Only one got piece, one piece got through, though. A big chunk of glass that hit my chest. It probably would have killed me, but it shattered against my skin. The two river guards stared at me. Son of Poseidon? East asked. I nodded. Took a dip in the sticks? Hudson asked. Yep. They both made disgusted sounds. Well, that's perfect, East said. Now how do we kill him? We could electrocute him, Hudson mused. If I could just find some jumper cables. Hey, listen to me, I said. Cronus's army is invading Manhattan. Don't you think we know that? East asked. I can feel his boats right now. They're almost across. Yep, Hudson agreed. I got some filthy monsters crossing my waters too. So stop them, I said. Drown them, sink their boats. Why should we? Hudson grumbled. So they invade Olympus? Why do we care? Because I can pay you took out the sand dollar my father had given me for my birthday. The river god's eyes widened. It's mine, East said. Give it here, kid, and I promise none of those chronos scum are getting across the East River. Forget that, Hudson said. The sand dollar's mine unless you want me to let those all those ships cross the Hudson. We'll compromise. I broke the sand dollar in half. A ripple of clean fresh water spread out from the break, as if all the pollution in the bay was being dissolved. You each get a half, I said. In exchange, you keep all of Kronos' forces away from Manhattan. Oh, man, Hudson whimpered, reaching out for the sand dollar. It's been so long since I was clean. The power of Poseidon, East River muttered. He's a jerk, but he sure knows how to sweep pollution away. They looked at each other, then spoke as one. It's a deal. 
I gave them half of the sand dollar, which they held reverently. Um, the invaders? I prompted. East flickered his hands. They just sunk. Hudson snapped his fingers. Bunch of hellhounds just took a dive. Thank you, I said. Stay clean. As I rode towards the surface, East called out, Hey kid, anytime you got a sand dollar to spend, come back, assuming you're alive. Curse of Achilles, Hudson snorted. They always think that'll save them, don't they? If only he knew, East agreed. They both laughed, dissolving into the water. Back on the shore, Annabeth was talking on her cell phone, but she hung up as soon as she saw me. She looked pretty shaken. It worked, I told her. The rivers are safe. Good, she said, because we've got other problems. Michael, you just called. Another army is marching over the Williamsburg Bridge. The Apollo cabin needs help. And Percy, the monster is leading the enemy. It's the Minotaur. Dun, dun, dun. And that was the end of chapter 10. Well, I don't know if I tell you guys in the intro. I'm thinking about it more and more, though. You guys probably notice when... Because um, I always look through the chapter before I read it, obviously, so I don't get stuck in the middle. I'm like, uh, shoot, this is too long for me to read in one sitting. But I'm already 13 pages in, so I can't really stop now, because... Eight pages would be a really, really short chapter next time. Uh, so I always looked through it before. Um, and this time it happened to be like 50, around 15 pages. I, th- I think it was 17. Um, no, 16. And th- those are kind of probably the most annoying chapters to read. Because I don't want a seven-page chapter or episode. But I also don't want to read 15 pages at once because that's like 45, <laughs> that's like 40 minutes of reading. No, definitely not 40. But it's too long. It's like half an hour and I don't want to read for that long. Um, so, yeah. So I'm recording this last because Podbean is really weird. So the latest one, or the first one that you ever, that you recorded of two parts. So the pr- the earliest recorded one will go in the back, and then the newest one. So I just have to start like in the middle of the pay or the middle of the chapter somewhere. Um, I look for I have like three pages where I look through, and I'm like, okay, well this seems like a decent place to start. Uh, I'm gonna start there, and then I start there. Surprise, surprise! Now I realize I've been talking for like a minute and a half about my problems. You guys are here to listen to me read. Um, yeah, but I am pre-recording this also by quite a while. It's Tuesday today, and I'm gonna, probably going to post this on Saturday. So, yeah, and the reason is you guys are going to get to know about this now. I've known about it for a while. I'm going to start pre-recording a lot because uh, Halloween's coming up, and Halloween is a Monday. That whole week I'm going to po- be posting once a day. Yeah. Seven episodes in a week. Oh man, save me. Please, help. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just really wanted to show some thank you for your guys' awesome support. I'm going to check the statistics once I've finished this episode, or this part of the episode now, because I'm not going to read everything in one, like I just said. And I'm going to check the statistics, and we're going to hit probably have hit 8,000 downloads, so I just want to thank you guys, so 
immensely, immensely much. You guys are amazing, really. Thank you. It's um, completely unbelievable. Um, and I think we can, there's a possibility that we hit over 2,000 downloads. We're probably going to, definitely. Actually, if we keep on like this, we're going to hit over 2,000 downloads in a month, which would be absolutely insane, considering I would have then, like, 9,000, 2,000 in a month is an insanely large percentage. That's just insane. I don't really know what to... Yeah, I'm just so thankful, guys. Thank you. Isaac, out.